we always talk about how this is a marathon, not a sprint. Any kind of activism is, but it's also a relay race. And if you need to pass the baton to someone, you should do that. And I, I actually talk in my book about how, um, you know, during the last nine years, I, I have a daughter who battled a very severe eating disorder. And there were many times where I had to step away and put my full focus on her recovery. And do you know what I found? The work continued. People filled in the gaps. They brought new energy and new ideas that maybe I couldn't have. Hello, dear friends and damn givers. This is the Let's Give a Damn podcast, and I'm your host and friend, Nick LaPara. On this show, I have conversations with all kinds of amazing humans that have two things in common. They give a damn, and they're striving to live meaningful lives. Thank you for hitting play. Thank you for showing up this week. I'm so glad you're here. Very briefly, before I introduce you to this week's guest, I have one or two tiny asks for you. If you have 60 seconds to spare, would you be willing to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? It really helps, and I promise it will only take a few seconds. And while you're listening to today's conversation, think about who should hear it and send it to them right away. I listen to a ton of podcasts, and almost every time, I post about it on social media or I share it with a friend. This is super helpful for those of us out there hustling, creating content, trying to make a difference. And if you decide to do one or both of these things, thank you, thank you, a million thank yous. Now, my guest this week is Shannon Watts. Shannon is the founder of the nation's largest grassroots group fighting against gun violence. It's called Moms Demand Action, and they have chapters in every state affecting change at the local, state, and national levels. Her book, Fight Like a Mother, How a Grassroots Movement Took on the Gun Lobby and Why Women Will Change the World, that book was released in 2019, and it's a book that every single one of you should read. I'm serious. It'll inspire you, and it will help you learn more about rallying people toward action. As most of you know, most of the conversations on this show last an hour or much longer. Because of the horrific shooting at Oxford High School in Michigan last week, Shannon has been talking nonstop on outlets like MSNBC, CNN, and of course, the Let's Give a Damn podcast. So I did not get as much time to chat with Shannon as I would have liked this time around, but in the few minutes we did have together, Shannon delivered so much goodness and hope and hard-hitting truth in today's conversation. Now, if you follow Let's Give a Damn and me closely on social media, it won't surprise you to know that I do not like guns for a lot of reasons. I actually hate them. Now, if it's up to me, I'll never own one in my life. I hate this country's obsession with guns. I hate that we have 330 million people and 400 million guns in this country. I hate that my kids, who are seven, eight, and nine, have to go to school and participate in active shooter drills. I hate that we can't go to school, work, the mall, or walk on the streets without the fear of being shot by someone intentionally or unintentionally. I hate all of this. And so, I want you to listen closely to what Shannon says and realize that we all have a role to play in making sure we can see a decrease and eventual eradication of gun violence in our country in our lifetime so that our kids and our kids' kids can live in a safe environment where they don't have to live in fear 
all the time. Before we begin, as always, a quick reminder that you can, anytime and for any reason, email me at hello at letsgiveadam.com. You can ask questions. You can recommend future guests. You can tell me how much you love or hate the show. Anything goes. I just love hearing from you. And now, let's get right into my conversation with the incredible Shannon Watts. Let's go. It's an absolute pleasure to have Shannon Watts on the Let's Give a Damn podcast. Shannon, thank you so, so very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I know things are incredibly busy. I mean, your work is always busy because we live in the fucking United States of America where <laughs> this is, it's already happened 28 times in this, but, but we have the yeah. Oxford horrible shooting from, you know, la- happened last week. So I know that you're incredibly busy. So I am so grateful. Um, I know that again, because of the, the demand on your time, we don't have as much time as I would like today. So I do, we'll skip some of the pleasantries that I usually go through uh, when I record these things. Again, hopefully we can do that another time. Yeah. But before we get into some of the challenges we're looking at, and specifically the uh, horrific uh, shooting at Oxford High School, I do want to give people, so many people probably know who you are. Uh, Your work is everywhere at this point. But for those that don't know who Shannon Watts is, can you give us sort of the 60, 90 second version of what you really tell over many pages in the 2019 book, Fight Like a Mother, that you wrote, and again, the story of the work that you do. Could you just give us a, a, a taste of who you are, how you got to this place, and uh, and then we'll dive into a little bit of who and what Moms Demand Action is. Yes, so um, I uh, was not uh, uh, impacted by gun violence, and, and yet it was so prevalent in America. You know, we've gone through so many horrific mass shooting tragedies that by the time Sandy Hook School uh, that tragedy happened in 2012. Uh, like so many Americans, I was just, I, I felt I had to get off the sidelines. And so I was living in Indiana uh, when that shooting happened. I started a Facebook page thinking, you know, I, I want to join something like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but for the issue of gun safety. Not thinking that, that I was starting that, but just thinking I was starting a conversation. And, and in fact, that conversation, that online conversation turned into Moms to Man Action, which is now uh, the largest grassroots movement in the country. Um, we now have Students to Man Action. We're part of Every Town for Gun Safety. And, uh, you know, have just been working on this now for, for nearly nine years this month as a, as a volunteer. And what was it specifically about Sandy Hook? Because Sandy Hook wasn't the first big, you know, school shooting by any stretch. Uh, and and what happened there was horrific. Don't take me wrong. But was there something specific about that one that kind of triggered you, turned you on to really, you know, move you into action? Or do you know what what that thing was? I, I think it was that I, I am a mom of five. And at yeah. the time, uh, you know, those kids were everything from elementary to middle to high school to college. And I was just stunned that my kids were not safe in the sanctity uh, of an American school. Now, look, I want to be clear. You know, I was a, a white suburban mom and I you know, wasn't living day to day. The gun violence that kills 100 Americans wounds over 200 more, whether that's homicide or suicide. It took that, uh, that shock to get me involved as an activist. But what you quickly come to learn is that School shootings and mass shootings are about 1% of the gun violence in this country. 
And, you know, we really have to solve for the, the daily gun violence that's tearing at the, the fabric of our communities. So th- that's an interesting point that you bring up. I just got a, I got a direct message on Instagram from someone that I don't know, someone that follows Let's Give a Damn's work, but they, they, they DM'd sort of frantically and they've been watching everything this past week. And these are his direct words that he wrote to me. He said, I was just wondering, why not ban guns overall? Like you don't have to defend yourself with a gun if others don't have them right either or either, right? And he's saying this very confused and he goes, what's the obstacle? Because guns cause violence. And if you take that away, and that is really, uh, again, that's very complex. And we have these people that treat the second amendment as if it were written in stone, like the 10 commandments to Moses and that we can't change (laughs) things and that we can't update our thinking uh, and what were guns like back when they, you know, wrote that amendment. But what is your, because I'm I'm so glad you brought that point and we'll get to Oxford here in a second, but it's not just these mass shootings. It is the fact that our, this country is absolutely fanatically obsessed with guns. We have more guns than human beings in this country. And that like hurts me when I think about that. That really hurts me when I think about the fact that we have more of these deadly pieces of metal than we do actual human beings. So what would your response be to this kid from Hungary who lives in Europe where he's like, I don't know what a mass shooting is. Like, I don't worry about going outside or going to school and seeing that. What's your response as we get into this about like, what are some of the challenges that you faced as you've brought up, not just in the context of school shootings and mass shootings, but just guns, gun violence overall? I see your Twitter feed. It's just you. It's a lot of things. It's very educational. But a lot of times you're sharing these stories over and over again. And again, every time that that tweet comes through, it just like breaks my heart that we see so much violence and we don't do a fucking thing about it. Or it seems like we're not doing anything about it. So what would your response be to that young Hungarian boy who's like, what the fuck, America? Like, why can't you fix this? <clears throat> Oh, I mean, it's it's so complicated, and there's so many things that America has that that other countries don't. I mean, you know, I, I thought Senator Murphy, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, who you know, Sandy Hook is part of his district, he he wrote a book that really talks about how violence is part of our DNA, um, and and particularly around slavery that that we sort of accepted that part of the of the violence is our country. It, it is part of our original sin, but it is also part of the fabric of the country. And so the, the logical outcome then of, of tolerating this level of gun violence, you know, that's sort of a thread that pulls through the, the history of our country. But also, if you look at what we have that no other country has, you know, we have um, the Second Amendment in our Constitution, which is supposed to be a, a framework for lawmaking and not a suicide pact, but, but that's essentially what it's turned into. Uh, the other thing we have that no other particularly high-income country has is a gun lobby. The gun lobby has become one of the wealthiest, most powerful special interests that's ever existed, and we've essentially turned our lawmaking over to them, right? Yes, you profit from this, and we're going to let you essentially write our gun laws as, as a recipe for disaster, um, and then the other thing, as you mentioned, you know, we have close to 400 million guns in this country. Uh, it's difficult to put that genie back in the bottle for all the reasons I just mentioned. Now, there are other countries with high rates of gun ownership who have that have much lower levels of gun violence because they have incredibly strong gun laws. Uh, what, what our lawmakers have decided is that uh, more guns and fewer gun laws uh, is an experiment that we're going to engage in. And, and what that has given us is a 25 times higher gun homicide rate than any pure nation. 
it's it's super astonishing and I'm, I'm really glad you brought up the whole you know looking back in history right even back further than this second amendment right that people you know deify almost is that this country was founded i mean it was literally founded on murdering and raping and pillaging, right? One of the biggest pushbacks I get when I advocate for the defunding and eventual abolition of the police, because I think that's what needs to happen. It's not rooted, I don't think every police officer is bad. The system though is rotten to the core. Why? Because it was founded as they were founded as slave catchers. Like this thing was, if your initial, if your initial go at starting a company or a team or whatever is based on murdering, pillaging, and stealing, uh, catching slaves, making sure they don't leave their right, quote unquote, rightful owners. Yeah. Hundreds of years of evolution isn't going to change the fact that your foundation was faulty from the beginning. And I just don't know. I, I try to, I have a lot of people around me that are trying to help me stay hopeful, more hopeful than I am uh, currently, but it just is, it's so difficult to, I don't know how we get out of this, right? I don't know how to convince my people in my family, my friends that own tons of guns is that like, I, again, I'm not opposed to you owning a gun if you want to stay safe or whatever, but like, this is ridiculous, dude. You have closets full of guns. Like, what is your obsession? Like, I don't understand it. And I, frankly, it's, it's hard to see a way forward, especially when you know, let's get into Oxford for a second. So we're, you know, less than a week out from our latest mass school shooting. Um, four deaths, many more wounded. How are you being somebody? I, this is something that I care about, obviously, as well. But this is your life. Like, this is the thing that you, you know, live, eat, and breathe each and every day. How are you doing um, as you process through this and have a million people that want to talk to you and process through things with and what are your thoughts seven days, six days out from this horrific shooting? You know, it is so important to um, lean into these conversations when a, a shooting tragedy captures our national attention, right? It, it is tragic, but it is also important to make sure something comes of these tragedies, that we act in honor of, of those who have died. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example, the Charleston loophole, which essentially allows licensed gun dealers to go ahead and sell a gun after three days of a background check isn't cleared, which is a really bad idea because the reason it takes so long is often because people have complicated criminal histories. That's how the, the gunman got a gun to kill nine black worshiper, worshipers in Charleston, South Carolina. Roof, yeah. After that happened, that state closed that loophole. Mm. Um, companies reacted. For example, that's when Walmart stopped selling semi-automatic rifles. There was a whole change um, that that may seem minor in the scope of things, but it, it wasn't because those changes all have ripple effects. So that is why I'm having so many conversations right now. And one thing that we have to talk about is secure gun storage. The reason America has school shootings is because we give kids easy access to guns. Every country, every high-income country is home to disgruntled teens, troubled teens. Right. Only America gives them easy access to arsenals and ammunition. This 15-year-old was taken by his parents to shop uh, reportedly on Black Friday for an early Christmas present, which was a semi-automatic handgun and uh, related magazines. The gun was unsecurely stored, and it sounds like it was maybe in his, his parents' nightstand. 
He got the gun and he killed four and wounded seven others inside his high school. There were so many warning signs. And, and, and I am not putting the onus on school officials, right? This is, this is uh, lawmakers did not pass a secure storage law in the state of Michigan. 23 states have them. There's no red flag law in Michigan that allows police to temporarily disarm someone who's a risk to themselves or others. Um, there's not a law that, that requires a background check on every gun sale. There's not a law that, that requires uh, reporting lost and stolen guns. There's so many different ways to shift the culture and to restore the responsibility that should go along with gun rights that lawmakers in, in Michigan haven't um, acted on. And so this is the time to talk about that, not just in Michigan, but all across the country. What, what would you, if you had a bunch of young people that are scared to go to school right now, again, this is something that you talk about in our, you know, well-versed in, you know, communicating and talking about, because I'm thinking about, my, I have three children. We live in New York City. Um, there's a, it's a very mixed bag what's going on here and why, you know, there's a lot of violence here and stuff. Um, I have full trust that everything is going to continue to go well at their school, but they're, you know, they're seven, eight, and nine. And, uh, probably the most frequent thing that I think when I'm, you know, out working and in meetings and traveling and they're at home and going to school is I think about their safety. I think the educators are, everything's great about the school's wonderful. We love their school, but like, that doesn't mean that so-and-so can't come in even at a young age and, um, scares me shitless. And so I guess as you're doing all this work at a, at a, you know, with passing bills and laws and trying to mobilize activists, like what, what, what would you communicate to parents and kids that are reluctant and scared to go to school? Cause we can't stop going to school and we can't, keep living, right? We don't stop doing anything because we don't stop driving because we could get into an accident. We don't stop flying because, you know, whatever we keep living, but it's scary and it's hard. And we do live in a country that doesn't have, you know, they said 23 states have this, these laws, and that leaves a lot of states that don't. And a lot of people listening to this show are in states that don't have these laws mm -hmm. to prevent those things from happening. So yeah, a few words, just like, how would you, what would you communicate to kids that are just like, man, it's really hard to think about going back to school. Yeah, I mean, I, I have five kids. Some are in school. I have a daughter who's a teacher. Um, and so I worry every day for their safety. That said, we can't lose sight of the fact that schools in America are still one of the safest places that kids can be. In fact, um, even though gun violence is the number one cause of death now for children and teens in America, that typically happens in the streets of communities or inside sure. homes, right? Um, and so we have to keep in perspective the safety of our schools. But, but, it is fair to say that it happens more in America than any other peer Anywhere nation. Yeah. Um, and we know why it's happening. We know how to stop it from happening. And that should outrage each and every one of us. You know, I, I'm so tired of being asked if I'm numb or, you know, media implying sure. that parents are somehow numb to this. Even uh, Republicans in this country support stronger gun laws, like a background check on every gun sale. The only place where this is polarizing is in is in the U.S. Senate. Uh, the House recently passed several pieces of gun safety legislation, and it was supported by a record number of Republicans. Right, the the calculus on this is shifting, and we are moving toward reform. Just like any social issue, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes years of hard work. I think you know if you are frightened, if you are scared for the safety of of yourself or your family or your community. The, the best antidote to fear is to act. Yeah. And, you know, you can't count on other people to engage in activism on your behalf. 
this is a democracy. <laughs> uh, we hope. And, uh, you know, it is barely really, hanging on, but yes, the onus is on each of us to use our voice and our vote on this issue. Um, and you know, if you, we aren't just moms, we're mothers and others. Now we also have students demand action. If anyone listening wants to get involved, you just have to text the word act to six, four, four, three, three. And a volunteer will immediately reach out to you and tell you how you can plug in where you live. And let's not forget that state legislative sessions start in most states in six weeks. And the NRA is going to be right there pushing their agenda. And we have to be right there pushing back and pushing our agenda. And, and there is strength in numbers. And so I would just encourage everyone to get involved. I love that. Give, give, me a, give me a snapshot. Give us a snapshot into, so six days ago, this horrific shooting happens. What have you all been involved in in the last six days? What kinds of things have you been doing? Again, I'm sure you, as the face of this, have been talking a lot to people. But the whole team, what, what sort of things, if people want to get involved yeah. uh, in these times of crisis, like what have you all been doing to, to, to move the ball? I know that's irreverent a little bit. Move the ball down the yeah. field as we continue to make these little bits of progress uh, each and every time. So first of all, hyper-local work. We are right now pushing in school boards all across the country to send secure storage notifications to families. Um, we have already gotten some of the largest school districts in the country to do this. About 2 million families have received those materials because of our work. Um, and, and now is the time to get your school board to send these notifications home that tell gun owners to keep their guns locked, unloaded, and separate from ammunition, right? Um, we have several city councils that are meeting today to pass uh, secure storage resolutions. You don't have to have it happen through your state house or even through Congress. You can go through your city council and in cities, make sure there's a secure storage mandate. Um, we're seeing state legislators talk about this. As I said, this session, we passed secure storage laws in, in Oregon, New York, um, Oregon, uh, Maine, and uh, Oregon, sorry. We passed them in Oregon, Maine, and one other state, why is it eluding me? Anyway, I it's sound okay. like uh, I, I'm in the middle of a presidential debate, but three states this year. And then we are going to pass them in 10 states next year, including Michigan and New Mexico and other states. So you can join us now to get work started on that work. And then on Sunday, Senator Chris Murphy said that he thinks that secure storage should be a federal law. So, you know, all of these things are happening right now. And I'm sure I will remember that Thursday as soon as we hang up the phone. I'll, I'll go look for it too and I'll add it in the show notes. <laughs> Um, this, this conversation is really encouraging to me because when, when these tragedies happen, it is so hard to stay focused and to realize that it is a, it's a, this whole giving a damn thing is a marathon, not a sprint, right? We don't sprint our way to any success when it comes to these types of things. They are, especially in a country where guns and violence, as you pointed out, are so deeply ingrained. We cannot, I wish, I wish to God we could flip a switch and everything changes tomorrow, but it's not going to happen. You might not even see the full, the, the, the reality is that you might not, I hope you do, but you might not in your lifetime see the full effect and fruition of your work. And that sucks because people have been advocating for things like this for decades and decades and decades, right? But it's such a good reminder that th there's no time like the present to get involved and that as MLK, uh, Dr. King, so, so, eloquently put it, you know, hate cannot drive out hate, love can. Uh, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. And so we've got to take these steps each and every day. And these, unfortunately, these school shootings and these, these shootings that happen all over the place in our country are reminders 
to get involved, that it's not going away. You know, so when we have like a few weeks where they, nothing happens, we kind of forget that these things are happening in the streets and in our neighborhoods and, and all over the place. And then another massacre happens and we're like, oh shit, like it is happening all the time and all over the place. Um, as we wrap up here, and again, thank you so, min- so much for these few minutes. How are you, because one thing that I constantly try to remind people that give a damn on all levels, you leading this massive organization with hundreds and thousands and millions of people that are involved and people that are volunteering just at their local food bank, everybody uh, all over that spectrum. We cannot give a damn long-term without being healthy, without being healthy first about ourselves. We have to have health for ourselves and for those immediately around us so that we can be in the long-term fight uh, on a variety of issues. So in the spirit of that, you're doing like a ton of amazing things. How are you also, or are you, and if so, how are you taking care of yourself? Who is taking care of you? How are you feeding yourself and making sure that you are strong and equipped so that you can be in this fight for the long-term? First of all, I did remember the three states. So it is... (laughs) It is Colorado, Oregon, and Maine, where we passed secure storage laws this year. Um, You know, I I think self-care is a really important part of this work. Uh, I know it is. And we always talk about how this is a marathon, not a sprint. Any kind of activism is. But it's also a relay race. And if you need to pass the baton to someone, you should do that. And I I actually talk in my book about how... um, you know, during the last nine years, I, I have a daughter who battled a very severe eating disorder. And there were many times where I had to step away and put my full focus on her recovery. And do you know what I found? The work continued. People filled in the gaps. They brought new energy and new ideas that maybe I couldn't have. And I came back to the work, able to take it back on. So if you need to take a break and prioritize your family or yourself or your community, you should do that. Um, and, and how I engage in self-care, I mean, everybody's different. Um, you know, I, I run every single day. I, I try to meditate. Um, I try to relax. I take a bath every single night. That's my version of, of going to the spa. Um, and I have just really, honestly, the most amazing husband um, who for nine years now has been, you know, my rock. So whatever that is for you, whatever self-care is, whatever that means, you've got to take time and engage in it. Because if you burn out and, and can't be an activist at all, um, you know, that, that's not helpful to, to anyone, including yourself. And, and the other thing I would say is there's this idea of, you know, I have made this my full-time job being a, a volunteer on gun safety. But even if you can only give an hour every week, because, you know, you have a kid and maybe that kid takes a nap and you can then, you know, send an email or send tweets or make phone calls like that counts too. It's activism is drips on a rock. I love that. I'm so glad you added that on the end because people shouldn't feel bad that this is an all consuming thing for you. They, if, if they need to work their nine to five or in this country, maybe multiple nine to five so they can like, you know, pay the bills and they can only do one hour a week. That is yep. fucking fantastic. That's, That's so fantastic. great. And, and lastly, this, this, um, what you just said was so great. And it's so perfect that you said it because I don't even know the context for, maybe it was a dream, but within the last 24 hours, I was thinking about what you just said. It's not just a marathon. It is also a relay race. Yep. Um, and again, I, Oh, actually I know what it was. My buddy, he Instagrammed that he ran his first 50 K, which is like 31 miles. I'm like, you're wow. insane. 
Um, and he looks great and he's like lost a ton of weight. So proud of him. <laughs> and I think that's what it was. But I was thinking about me. I have really bad asthma and I can run for short distances and that's probably partly an excuse. But like I was thinking about, I went from his Instagram post thinking about, yeah, I can't run 31 miles. Not right now. Maybe if I trained for a year, I could do, do it. I don't know. But I can sure as hell participate in a relay race because I can run short distances. Yep. And then when I need to hand it off, boom, baton goes yep. to next person. And, and then maybe I'm ready. When they're back around, I've rested, I'm good. I can now tap yep. back in. And so I love, I'm going to add that to, you know, it's not just, obviously it's not a race, a sprint, it's a marathon, but also probably yep. a relay race in most cases so that we can be there for the long term. Um, Shannon Watts, I wish I had two more hours with you. Maybe we'll do it again, but thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Um, I hope to send many people over your way Wonderful. Uh, to moms and others, uh, demand action. <laughs> I think everybody can get involved and should get involved in this. And, um, yeah, blessings on you as you continue to help and share and act and, uh, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for showing up and for spending time with us this week. To find links for everything mentioned in today's conversation and to keep up with all things Let's Give a Damn, visit letsgiveadam.com. Please share this episode with a friend. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please show up next week. We have so many more incredible conversations coming your way. Chad Snavely, Jess Collins, and the team at Sound On Studios made this episode. The music is by our friend Propaganda. You can reach out anytime and for any reason at hello at letsgiveadam.com. I love you all. Be safe. Keep giving a damn. Bye for now. Bye.